Welcome back to Deepening Roots and Growing Branches here at New Life Evangelical Free Church. This is Paul Arneberg with Pastor Brent Kumpelin. It's been 12 weeks to the day since we've recorded an episode and a couple of months since we dropped one. We are glad to be here today for many reasons, not only after our long late fall or sorry, uh, late summer and early fall rest, but because this episode is going to focus on Celebration Sunday recap. Now that's inside baseball because Brent's a big baseball guy. Yes, it's I inside am. baseball. <laughs> for um, New Life, but even if you're listening external to New Life, I do know uh, people all over the world that at least know me do listen to the podcast. Uh, we're going to do that. But by the way, this is episode number 27, and I give a shout out to my friend Terry, one of our elders who likes it when I associate numbers. 27. When I was 27, my first marathon, first juggling festival, and first house purchase, uh, and all of that has to do with my young man half a lifetime ago realizing potential I had athletically and, and house-wise and, and uh, career-wise. And this episode is all about potential. I love the word potential because of the hope that it encompasses. So, Brent, uh, in fact, before I turn it over to you, Brent, to give us a, an overview of the recap of Celebration Sunday, I just want to remind the podcast listeners that uh, since we ensued this uh, podcast about a year ago, yep. we've had uh, two major uh, series. One was uh, Biblical Foundations, and the other were kind of currently in transformational outcomes. And then we've sprinkled in Disciple by Doing. We've sprinkled in a couple of episodes that are special, like Asbury Revival and a deeper dive into the biblical foundations. But now we are going to really go deeper into the Disciple by Doing. But with all that in mind, Brent, tell us about what went into the Celebration Sunday. Why do we even have it? And why are we doing this special podcast to recap it? Yeah, well... It was a big event. It was fun. We're going to kind of debrief and talk about it and apply some things during the episode today. Um, but it's really the culmination of a two-year process. We've been we've been growing a lot as a church, but we've also been walking forward into saying, okay, our church has been faithful and seen the Lord use this body for over 40 years mm -hmm. to minister to literally hundreds of people. And wow, we got to celebrate that. And we're going to talk a little more about that here. But we're looking ahead to another 40 years where we want to be established as a church that has gospel fruit in this community to see lives changed. And so what, what we have is a two-year process of our leaders in our church and then members and people within our congregation of seeing the need for learning how to make disciples in this really complex and dynamic and challenging post-Christian world that we live in. Yes. We want to proclaim biblical truth, preach the gospel. We want to see a community of faith formed and people coming into uh, supportive uh, discipleship relationships with one another through Bible studies and you know all kinds of different ministries. Uh, and then we also want to see evangelism and outreach and prayer ministry grow. And there's just so many important priorities as you look at what does it mean to be a church in these very challenging times in 2023. So we've been embracing that. And then Celebration Sunday really brought that to fruition in terms of us moving ahead, expanding our facility, developing our property, and seeing Disciple by Doing become a reality. That's right. And that's something that will become hopefully further clarified and crystallized, even for our most ardent members, regular attenders, and ministry leaders. Yeah. Uh, but the three big themes, the, the, the big categories in Celebration Sunday were celebrate the past, joyful in the present, and hopeful for the future. And earlier, just a few minutes ago, you were saying how hundreds of people through New Life have already been blessed. 
I would even see your hundreds and raise you to thousands because one of the neat things is in the Lord's economy, in the kingdom of God, it could be one person is changed through a ministry such as New Life and that person goes out to affect thousands. I think of even specifically the Olson family where Glenn uh, Glenn and Ann gave a wonderful testimony about their six grown children, all of whom are walking with the Lord Jesus and I believe three of whom are in full-time vocational ministry. So think about down in Winona, I think half of their six kids are living in Winona, and I believe Caleb plays in the worship band, and his brother, is it David? I forgot his name, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but he's a pastor, <laughs> and then up north, there's another guy. And the, the point is, the Olsons, who were raised in this church, and Olsons are, I think, the longest-standing, continuous family, it's, an, it's amazing how that one family, both serving here and being served through their fellow believers, uh, they have now affected countless numbers, and that is the Lord's economy for every believer. We do yeah. not know the effect we can have, and so yes, there's there's certain things about how many people we have, but know that every single life can be immeasurably effective as the Holy Spirit works through yep. us. That's the exponential impact yes. of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. as yeast works its way through the dough. Right? Yes, it's like there's right. so many metaphors and parables that Jesus told about that, yes. about how the impact spreads and that there's... Um, there's a sense of God using me, then ministering to another who ministers to another. And, mm-hmm. and that's the priesthood of all believers. It's beautiful. So yes. that is it's absolutely true. And, you know, so so before we get into the, the kind of recap stuff here, let me just remind everybody, before, as we go into this celebration event Sunday, there's been some foundation phase things yes. that we've been doing. So if you've been at our church in the last couple of weeks, you might have noticed that we have a paved parking lot. Yay! It's so awesome. That's great. Yeah, just in time for winter. So yeah. we were able to get the paving done, and it looks beautiful. Uh, it is a real huge blessing for us, and there's been an effort for, I've been told, more than 30 years, there's been a desire to pave the parking lot. Oh, and boy. so it's finally happened, and praise the Lord. It's, it's uh, you know, we know it's a luxury, but it's an opportunity for us to be able to invest in this place, in this property, for us to be able to utilize for another generation or two of of ministry. So that's, that's wonderful. And then if you're going to be here on, uh, you know, some Sundays here in November, you're going to notice that there's some other new things happening inside the dome. There's oh, new yes. chairs. Yay. So we just were able to uh, sell our old chairs to another church plant down in Winona, which is really great. And then we were able to acquire some new chairs and we're going to have a little bit of fresh paint and some chairs in the worship area. So uh, wonderful things happening. And then lastly, Paul, we yes. brought you on staff this Whoa, month. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. It's a one month anniversary as we record this. I came yep. on board October 1st. And I'll tell you, that was such a uh, delight to not only have a seven month lead up to inside talks with the elders, with Brent uh, and with Steve, and also, if I may say, Jeff Moulton, the campaign leadership team chair. Uh, and I am so delighted. And let me just testify to the listening audience, most of whom are our New Life Church family. That is such a God thing because. Because a, a year ago today, in fact, uh, November 1st, 2022, uh, I announced publicly in video and to, in person to my uh, top-level jugheads, I would be closing that business. And the reason it's such a God thing, I mm. literally did that in faith. I knew that I couldn't continue jugheads. I knew that the business was not solvent. And I also knew that if we had continued it, the quality would have diminished over time, not because of uh, anything fleshly. I just knew it was time. And there's many, many factors that went to that. But when I ended that in faith, knowing it was a six-month countdown to unemployment, 
Brent, you met with me in February. And the reason I mention all this, uh-huh. you yourself have said God's timing is amazing. Yes. Because a year ago, let's say I had already been employed, there's no way I could have been brought on. But then there's a special thing that happened. Yeah. And I, I think it's okay to just flesh this out for a minute. There's a special thing happened with a grant through our denomination, the yeah. Evangelical Free Church in America. Could you just say a word about that? Because yeah. not only would it give credit and honor to that grant, but it would also tell our church family, this was not done in a vacuum. We have yeah. support external to our congregation for yes. making this reality come alive. Yes. So it was a cool story. So uh, it is an encouragement because there's others who are who are seeing what's happening at our church and are excited about it and want to invest in it. So there's a, a another evangelical free church. This is a sister church nearby here in the South Metro. They um, recommended us uh, after hearing about our vision for making disciples by using hands-on learning through our disciple by doing philosophy of, of taking this property, turning it into like a hobby farm and yes. then having the indoor spaces be a lot of hands-on learning to teach people the gospel. Um, they heard that story and they recommended us to the North Central District with the Evangelical Free Church here in Minnesota. And that association of churches, they, they, uh, the, the district has some grant money that they can give away to specific revitalization projects and ways to invest in uh, ministry, and especially through churches like ours that are growing. And so um, they reached out to me, we sat down for a conversation, and I just shared the story about where we've been in the last five years. Yes. And then, you know, what what is our vision for this really creative um hands-on learning. And uh, so they, you know, one of those representatives from the district, he looked at me and said, well, if we were able to give you some grant money, where, how, how do you think you'd spend it? And I said, I know exactly how I would spend it. <laughs> Don't twist your <laughs> arm. I, I know. I said, I've got, uh, we've got an incredible asset in one of our church members who is winding down a ministry that did this very thing, mm-hmm. using an activity, uh, an area of of relational connection through juggling to be able to minister to and love on kids and to be able to point them to Jesus. And I said, that's what we want to do here at our church in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. So we are able to coordinate a way to turn in some materials for that and apply for that grant. And they uh, offered us a grant to be able to support bringing you, Paul, on board. Yes, praise God. Um, So grateful. So now uh, you've been here for a month. We have uh, part-time for now, and Lord willing, you know, expand those hours as we move forward. And Mm -hmm. it is just such an encouragement to see that God's working in ways in the timing, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and then also with things like providing the funding. He's bringing the pieces together for us to be able to move forward with the vision. Yes. It's really cool. May I ask, uh, is it okay to name drop the name of the church in Apple Valley that recommended us? Uh, yeah, it was uh, South Suburban. South Suburban. Even Free Church, yeah. I thought it yeah. was. And the reason, I'm going to make a connection here. Uh, I am becoming a growing fan of the TCHA, which is the Twin Cities Christian Homeschoolers for the Arts. Yeah. I just recently went to their Hello Dolly production. There's several connections. I know Jughead's from there. I know our own Rose Samansky is there. And then also one of the grant writers for the parking lot, his children are part of TCHA. And they use space at South Suburban, and that's theater by doing. That is that is tap dance, it's yeah. music, it might be juggling, let's see, second semester. And it's also uh, a lot of productions. And that is really mirroring what we want to do. The difference is they're merely renting or perhaps giving their space to this external organization. We want to do most of our stuff in-house. But, you know, we, we might overflow for homeschool yeah. co-ops and things. Yeah. And that is a lot of the vision. So if you, any of you listening want to know 
maybe a little bit down the road where we'd like to be. They're doing that in a theater sense for Christian homeschool families, but we want to do it in a lot of other senses. The other three words you drop in addition to theater, Brent, for indoor spaces are science and music and art. And of course, the outdoor spaces, which we could flesh out further, hobby farm uh, activities and uh, sports and team sports. There's all sorts of things we can do specifically uh, for discipleship, but also for doing life together and making it uh, hands-on as we grow as disciples disciples of Christ. Yeah, amen. I know. So I think we'll get into that here um, as we move along. Uh, So let's talk more recap from Sunday. So we had more than 225 people (laughs) at our event on Sunday. It was so fun. And you all know, if you come to our church, that we can't all fit in one room here at New Life Mm -hmm. right now. And we have two services. And so it was so fun. It was such a blessing to have everyone in the same space, in the same room, together. It was really eye-opening in a way. You look across the room and you go, oh my goodness, look at what the Lord has done in this congregation to bring these wonderful people together. It was really, really cool. Very, very cool. And Jeff Moulton stood by me at one point and said, I thought Ann Van Cleek booked a big enough space. And of course, he's being cheeky (laughs) because the Lord answered. And you know, one of our prayers was, uh, please bring people here. It's off-site. It's a special Sunday. And then some people might not get the memo. Um, But then also it was, um, I believe, very spirit-filled. It was it was so good uh, in terms of the, the the shared joy, the flow of the service, and then I would hope also the content and the connections that happened because of that day, a special celebration offsite together. Yeah, it was fun. So just as a quick recap in terms of what we did, there were those three uh, elements that you've already mentioned, celebrate the past, joyful in the present, hopeful for the future. We had a couple quick videos that helped to introduce that. If you missed those, those are on our Vimeo page. Yes. You can watch those brief videos. They're about two minutes a piece. And there was just real fun to see a slideshow of some old photos. There's, <laughs> there's photos of the building being constructed. That's the, right. The, the dome being constructed in 1981. Yep. Uh, you know, so so those who were there, you you know, the church was established as a spinoff uh, from another church in Hastings in 1978. The building was built in 1981. There was a... Uh, an affiliation with the Evangelical Free Church in 1985, and then the church just was uh, made a huge impact in this community for the next 25 years or more. And there was some hard times, you know, maybe 15 years ago, and then the church was really like God was doing so much preparatory work mm-hmm. during the last 10 years or more for us to be where we are today. And it's just beautiful to celebrate all of that. And we had some longtime members share some testimonies about how the Lord has used this church to impact their family, their lives. It was great. And then we were able to share at the tables and talk about that. So that was Mm -hmm. really fun. So I loved that. Um, The other, so the next element was joyful in the present, which was us celebrating what God's done in the last handful of years. And we did a little interview with me and Terry. Um, We got to see different ministries. And I loved the fact that we got to highlight our youth ministry yes. and our children's ministry. Mm-hmm. And c- tell me about what was impactful for for you with that. Well, having all the youth stand up front, and I know from being on staff now, uh, there were a few names in mind that... Uh, uh, that Kaya had for who should get and uh, get up and speak as the youth, and uh, b- because of some schedule conflicts, uh, we had another person get up there uh, that was unexpected, and and he was very. I'll, I'll mention his name is Tristan. He was very articulate, and probably the most touching thing was that he talked about how many connections he was making. Because like every other ministry in this church, the youth ministry really strives under Isaiah Langenfeld, our ministry intern, and Kaya, and Tab, and Sabrina, and the other volunteers. 
they really strive to make it central on the Word of God and the Spirit of God and, and what it is like to follow Jesus as teens in this modern world. Yep. But when Tristan talked about his friendships and his connections, it was so nice. And then I believe Kaylin was the other testimonial. Yep. And so that was, in, in the youth alone, that was special. When Jody got up there, she's the director of children's ministries, uh, she said, well, I can't get all the kids to stand up here because there's 90 on the roster and there's 60 that are regularly here every Sunday. So imagine, and one thing we could just, and I'll just say it now, yeah. Brent's office will be transformed into a kid's classroom on Sundays. I'm in this office with him recording right now. He has books all around. It's like theater in the round. It's library in the round. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll have to have a couple of tables set up in here so yep. they can have a, a bonus classroom. So to have the ministry specifically called out and have the youth be vibrant. And by the way, I believe the youth has uh, either doubled or tripled or something in size in the last year. It's had a total transformation too from, from like a total turnover, of course, when there's only yeah. a six-year age range. So that was neat to see visually all the youth standing up there. Yep. Also, they're fresh from going to their uh, retreat. I, di not District Blitz. What was that called? In yeah, Fall Fling Fall is what Fling. they do. District Blitz yep. is, is, is at winter. Shaminaw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was neat that they got to be bonded from that and then all the youth ministries and then uh, the children's ministries also a couple of people, uh, Jess McConnell and Amy Oaks, got to testify what it's like to teach children because they have children of their own. They also give their time. And of course, others without children and single people also yeah. give time to the children's ministries. So, so many celebrations all around. And that just speaks to the diversity of the church. I think a lot yep. of churches, in my experience, are either really, really heavy into children and youth or they neglect children and youth. I think we have a sweet spot where it's a huge priority, but it doesn't come at the neglect of men's ministries, women's ministries, mission committee, and other things that we keep on growing here at the church. Yeah, exactly. I loved seeing the next generation of our church highlighted on Sunday. Yes. It was so cool. And one of the uniquenesses of our youth ministry right now is that there's a number of new uh, families and then therefore teenagers who are getting engaged in that ministry. Many of them, almost all of them, are on the younger side. We go mm -hmm. from 6th to 12th grade right now for our student ministry because of the necessity of just having that um, age range be a little broader because we just it's hard to break them out into, you know, from a leadership point of view to yes. get two separate groups going. That's a lot of work. But yep. we have most of those students are younger and are going to be in our youth ministry for something like six to eight years. That's right. That yeah. is a long time. It is. Because some of them are going to be there from middle school all the way through high school. Yes. We have an incredible opportunity for teenagers who today, it is so hard mm. to walk in faithfulness to Jesus in the pressures of today. That yes. these teenagers are in such an important stage of their lives in a pivotal moment that we can spend years investing mm. in them, helping them understand how to discern truth from error. What does it mean to be close with the Lord, study the Bible, pray, learn the spiritual disciplines, know how to walk in faithfulness and decipher and sort of um, d d like learn about how, what, what, what they're bombarded with in culture all the time and what mm -hmm. is biblically true. And it's just an important investment in them at a very pivotal time in their lives. That's right. And let me uh, be so bold as to give one of my biggest admonishments in my 31-year youth career, and now I'm in vocational ministry halftime, please learn their names. Uh, yeah. Ben Myrie is one of our newest uh, regular attenders, and three of his kids are in the youth group. And he recently told you, Brent, that he studies the prayer calendar. And I do too. Yeah. And the reason for that is uh, you can pray for people, not even know their names, but but Ann Van Cleek has it nicely delineated where you can see, okay, if 
if Ben and Christy Myrie can see their kids listed under their names and um, not only know their names, but then use their names. Because if you want to talk about the average Joe or Jane at a, a Sunday service, just a regular meet and greet before, during, or after the service, um, if you know, let's say, Jack's name or Asher's name or Abigail's name or whomever you happen to run into, that will esteem them so deeply because yeah. I think of our Lord. He named all the stars. He said, Lazarus, come forth. When he rose from the dead, he said, Mary. And that's when she was recognizing Jesus after she said Rabboni or when she said Rabboni. So uh, in the context of the youth ministry and the children's ministry, uh, if you are the average listener who's not involved in children or youth, you can at least know their names, pray for them and connect with them and just let them know you're glad they're at church because yes. this is where they're going to learn the word of God in a corporate setting, yep. not only the devotions or the family devotions. That's what we want this church to be increasingly so. Yes, so good. And it's the same for the kids ministry that we highlighted. One of the things that was wonderful to see, and obviously we've had a lot of growth in that area, and we have lots of little kids who are learning the scriptures as we teach through the gospel project week by week. We're going through the entire story of the Bible in a handful of years, and they're going deep in studying the Bible. Um, We see such an important investment in them as we have 60 kids every week now who are learning the scriptures, who are learning about Jesus, who we want and are praying that they would come to know and love Jesus as their Lord and Savior Amen. with a wholehearted devotion and a lifelong faithfulness to that's Him. That's right. And that's the goal. And it's just such an important thing for... And we we have 20 plus, I think, if I got all the volunteer count correctly, <laughs> we have more than 20 people involved in that ministry yes. investing in those kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like spiritual aunts and uncles and spiritual that's parents. Right. Spiritual parents whom are modeling a, a faithfulness to Jesus to those kids as they teach them. It's just beautiful. That's right. And and again, I, I love your phrase, Bren. You often say, our church family, our church family, our church family. That's not some sort of a psychological cutesy thing. The Word of God says we are the family of God. Yeah. And in fact, there's something to be said about oftentimes the church family is more like family than many people's origin families because we share faith. Yes. And again, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, certainly not my four siblings, all of whom are walking with Jesus, but I will say, look to your local congregation for that actual family of God. And that goes back to trusting them uh, to, to influence your kids, to love them. Of course, there's all those propriety, safe boundaries and all those things, but you can take a risk to say a name. If you get it wrong, say it and then connect with them, make them feel like they belong here. Uh, Ernest, let me name drop him. He got up there with a pitch about generosity and I really liked what he said in his deep voice. He said, you know, uh, every one of you are not here by accident. And and this, uh, you have gifts and you have personalities and you have backgrounds. <laughs> and so uh, that was a really very uh, poignant thing for Ernest to say that every person from pre-born to deathbed have something to bring to this congregation. And therefore no one is wasted. No one is, is um, uh, cast aside, whether you are a teenager, a small child, a middle-aged person, single, married, empty nester, a brood full at home with four or five kids. So <laughs> please know that you're, and, and yeah. that just goes to all the celebration yeah. potential and the current joy. It's true. And we, one of the challenges from Sunday was we want every single one of us to think, what is God asking me to do to uh, generously contribute and be a part of this with my, not just money. I mean, that's part of it because we do need to expand our facility, but there is like, I've got skills, I've got passion, I've got areas that I can serve, care for others, be involved in evangelism and missions. There are so many ways that the Lord has gifted us with resources and 
abilities and time and energy. And he's asking our lives to be fully devoted to him. Yes. And as a collective body of Christ, as a church family here established in this place on this particular plot of land with this particular group of people in this particular building at this particular year in this moment in time, he's asking us to be faithful to steward the message of the gospel and all the things he's given us for his glory and the coming generations of this church. Yes. Well, so Brent, um, we should go back on track a little bit. One thing comes <laughs> to my mind, I know you have your notes there. Uh-huh. Uh, you are linking or did link the uh, the brochure that we handed out at the end of this culmination of the service yes. about um, advanced commitment, not advanced commitment, this is just called the commitment card. Uh, Wendy, my wife, beautifully designed that seven-page multicolor uh, brochure, and it was more than just marketing. It wasn't. It was, it was really to capture the heart of what we're doing in real life. Do you want to say anything about... Uh, what is, well, <laughs> disabled by doing, that's yeah. something we're going to flesh out a lot, but what is the specific need now? Uh, maybe just recap, if you want to do numbers, yep. what are the goals now? Maybe if you want to drop the uh, advanced commitment number as a way to uh, spur others onto love and good deeds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So w- what we're doing in order to meet the growing needs of our church, we need to add classroom space and we need to Uh, we need to develop our property for the disciple-making vision that we have and establishing this church as an embassy of God's kingdom for generations to come. And so what we want to do is renovate the existing facility, add on lobby, bathrooms, a prayer room, and counseling room, and then largely the classroom spaces that will meet the needs of adults and kids as we do Disciple by Doing. Mm -hmm. And the need is really um, to embrace the overall vision and then be able to provide the tools needed in order to pull that off. And one of the major tools is a facility. So Mm -hmm. we have in that brochure, the concept drawings for the layout of the, of the proposed addition, which would about double our square footage. Yes. And then it also uh, expand the seating capacity by almost double in our uh, worship area. 300 if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And then we have the drawings for, uh, you know, coming, we, we've had them come out. We'll have a reminder email here with these this information on the landscape uh, concept designs as well, where we're going to use outdoor spaces to do discipleship. And so towards that end, through the advanced commitment process, which is the process of home visits by our campaign leadership team and some other representatives to go into people's homes who are uh, the leaders of our church, people who are deeply committed here, Really, so that we can model and lead by example mm-hmm. in saying we're in. Yes. And those advanced commitments, we have uh, just shy of $400,000 that's yes. already committed yes. for the next three years. That is a huge head start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we have is the potential as we go through these next few years that we feel that we can. We're on pace to possibly bring in more, like have have more than a million dollars committed. Yes, which would be wonderful. Now, Lord willing, obviously, this is the the Lord's resources, and mm-hmm. He's going to show us in His timing and to what scope He desires for what we're doing. You mm-hmm. know, so we hold all these things with an open hand. But we really think that um, the Lord's really working through, as our leaders have said, we're going to step out in faith and lead by example through the advanced commitments. And so now we have an opportunity here, um, and we talked about this on Celebration Sunday, was that we all have an opportunity now to be challenged. Yes. To, to, to do a commitment for the next three years. And all means 100%. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> I think if it didn't come across in the exactly this way on Sunday, the goal here is that 
we would have 100% participation in this process, mm -hmm. even if you can only give a modest amount, because it's so clear, it's really evident in Scripture that the, the Lord, that Jesus taught very clearly that a generous heart that's devoted to God is more important than the amount. Yes. And it was, it's so clear. Mark 12, 41 to 44. The widow. Jesus tells this story about uh, all of these wealthy, uh, you know, teachers of the law and all these prominent people. They're bringing all these huge sums of money to the temple. And this poor widow, she brings her two pennies, like mm -hmm. her two small copper coins and plops them into the, you know, in her gift to the Lord. Yes. And Jesus says she gave more than everyone else. Yes. And it's because it's about your heart, mm -hmm. you know? And so the, the goal here is that we would all say, okay, there's some things, yeah, I, I think there's some things about, you know, the vision. I see it's so compelling. There's some things that I still may have some question marks on <laughs> in terms of how it's all going to work, but we all do. We all do. We're yeah. all walking by faith. Yeah. But I'm going to step out in faith with my church family. Yes. And I'm going to participate in this process because what it's about is seeing God establish, use us, the, us to establish this church for another 40 years of fruit for his kingdom. Let me say another word too, Brent, about 100% uh, commitment uh, of, of participation. I, I know it's always, not always, it often makes people uncomfortable to hear anyone in, in Christian circles talk about giving. Well, the idea is, though, giving is a part of worship, and we're asking you to consider this prayerfully because we get to share in the first fruits together and also lay up treasures in heaven because the kingdom of God is being grown through New Life Church. Yeah, I, and I want to speak to that too. I know that these kinds of uh, these kinds of processes do um, they often will push on our our maybe our unsaid idols of our hearts. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the value here that we need to continue to come back to is that God is asking us to press into His, his into our own discipleship, His transforming work in our hearts to let our entire lives become. Uh, aligned with him and his priorities. Yes. That means our pocketbooks too. Mm -hmm. Now it doesn't only mean that. And we, of course we keep saying that the principle here is generosity. Mm -hmm. We talked about this just recently in a sermon series leading up to this Sunday. And I want to make sure this is just crystal clear for everybody listening. We have an immeasurable gift in the gospel of Jesus Christ that we have come in desperate need to the cross and that, in that desperate need, we've received a free gift and that we want to steward that gift to see transformation in our lives by the Spirit and then in the people around us. And what can God do to use me to make an impact for his kingdom in this moment, in this place? And then I want to just open my hands and give Jesus away to people, like give the gospel away, be able to tell people about the gift I've received. I got nothing to brag about. I boast in Christ alone. That's right. And so I hold everything in my entire life my my body, my skills, my passion, my job, my my house, my resources, my kids, my whatever it is, mm -hmm. I hold these things with an open hand and say, Lord, use me. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're that's what our approach is is like let's go into this new phase of life in the in the life of this church with an open hand and say, freely I've received, freely I give. And that heart is why we're going ahead with this project. We're not going to come after you and try and ask for money over and over. You know, it's like that's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is not even really the building. Yes. The building is merely a tool that God can use, but we don't actually need 
things like that. Mm-hmm. It, we want to just say, Lord, change, transform my heart, make me really truly centered in the gospel as I open my hands to say, I want to be about you and your kingdom. Use me how you want. Yes. One of the other things we shared on Sunday is another hard copy brochure, which we should probably link to, Creative Strategies in Giving. If you want to put your money where your morals are and and where your your faith is and your heart where your treasure is and vice versa, treasure where your heart is, think about creative ways. I can give this up to help new life. And again, hey, we're not doing this. It's just, we're all walking by faith. It's not like these are adding to anybody's coffers. We are adding to the effectiveness of what our vision is here at the church. And it's a shared vision. It's not merely yeah. a panel of a small panel of leaders. It's many people that have gone into this vision. Yep. Two and a half years strong. Yeah. And I think maybe to put a fine point on that as yes. an example. And then maybe we'll kind of land here because well, I think we can pick up another episode to talk more about the disciple by doing. Sure. Um, we have an opportunity to put into practice that very generosity and kingdom mindset right away. Yes. One of the things that we have is a we have a ministry partner through our missions team, been vetted by our missions oh, yes. team and adopted as a supported missions group um, in Malawi called Liberty uh, International Liberty Liberty Development International, and this ministry is seeking to develop a discipleship training center, purchasing some land and then constructing some facilities and making it possible to, to disciple people and train future leaders in the church for bivocational ministry by teaching them bricklaying and welding. Yes. And then teaching the Bible and proclaiming the gospel and being a, a presence in their own communities where they're contributing to the health and well-being of their community and leading and shepherding and teaching and and being a part of the church planting ministry growth in that country. And so this ministry is practicing disciple by doing. Yes. And what we're aiming to do is for the first 50,000 after we've received $50,000 in our campaign, we're going to give $3,000 to this ministry to purchase the land that they need to establish this training center. Mm-hmm. They need to get the last payments in for this land in order to secure the location so that they can build their discipleship training center for disciple by doing just like we want to do. That's right. And so our goal is expanding our facility and developing our property to do disciple by doing. And what we want to see is a long-term partnership developed with this ministry in Malawi, where they're doing disciple by doing in Malawi. We're doing disciple by doing here in Minnesota. And we get to share stories and pictures and visit each other and find a way to see God growing disciple by doing across the globe and here on our own in our own backyard mm-hmm. and just maximize that impact. And so we're going to practice the very kingdom mindset generosity by saying we're going to give away some of the first fruits of our own campaign because it's not only about us, it's about God's kingdom. That's right. We are helping them actually not only disciple by doing, but they're getting vocations that through the welding and the bricklaying, they're learning the word of God, they're learning discipleship, but they're also learning a skill they can go out and it's like that teach a man to fish. And so that is exciting because that small thing that we're doing for Malawi is indicative of what we're doing here in Minnesota. And we ask you to all come on board with this exciting process. Next time, we will talk more about Disciple by Doing. Again, this is Paul Arneberg, Director of Disciple by Doing. Thank you very much. I'm so glad for that. Praise God. And Pastor Brent Compelin, who's been here five years so far at New Life Church. Look forward to episode 28 with Disciple by Doing on Deepening Roots and Growing Branches. 